I'm Chris Biddle. Thank you for joining me. And this is episode 76 of Inside AgriTurf, returning after a summer break and a week later than planned following the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. A monarch who reigned for an extraordinary 70 years, who was doing her duty to the very end. We shall not see her like again. Her funeral was magnificently staged, in many ways more a celebration than a sombre occasion. And so, after the emotions of the past few days, I'm, I'm delighted to be able to bring you a truly uplifting and remarkable story. Now, born in London, Ben Matthews lived much of his life in Canada before moving back to the UK, settling in Scotland. He worked in health and social care, particularly with children. But approaching his 40s, he realised he needed a new challenge. One day he was passing SURC Elmwood College and saw a banner advertising a career in greenkeeping, which has resulted in him working at St Andrew's Golf Course, the home of golf. But let him tell you his story, accompanied in the first few minutes by two newly acquired puppies. So, Ben, thank you for joining me. Um, now, to be working at the 150th Open at St Andrews, now that must have been living the dream for you. I mean, that is exactly the way I'd put it, Chris. It was living the dream and possibly living the dream I didn't even know about, you know, until just very recently. I've never been involved in anything like for in any sort of line of work. And, you know, to be involved with something of that scale, for it to be pulled off so, in my mind, so seamlessly, um, and to get the, the positive feedback that we got from all the players and, and the spectators was just phenomenal. I, I'm still buzzing from it, to be honest. Yeah. Well, it was uh, it was a special occasion as well, the 150th. Did you any have any sort of memorable chance, chance encounters on the course during the competition at all? I wouldn't call them chance encounters. I'd call them more forced encounters. I definitely was looking <laughs> out for some of my favorite golfers. Uh, a, a couple of weeks before the Open, uh, bumped into Phil Mickelson. Um, who was out doing a practice round, um, couldn't have been nicer, really, really yeah. nice, and went out of his way to let us get some photos with him, you know, shook our hands, asked us where we were from and all that stuff, and and went out of his way again to, to thank the greenkeeping staff for, for putting together the course. He thought it was phenomenal. Uh, managed to bump into to Rory McElroy and, and Xander Chauflet, and then you just, you know, we'd be out doing our thing in the evening, divot in the course or whatever, and then, you know, there goes Ernie Els, and there goes Scotty Shuffler. I mean, I've just never been around anything like it. It was phenomenal. <laughs> well, look, that, that that's great. So, you know, let's go back to how this whole career journey started. Uh, so you were born in the UK, I understand, uh, Ben, uh, uh, but you moved to Canada at a very early age. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I was born down London Way, and then when I was about three, my family, so my mom, my dad, my older brother, we all moved over to Canada to follow my mom's sister. Um, so so my memories of the UK were, were were pretty limited. But as we got older and as we grew up, we'd come back over to England and whatnot for visits. And as I got a bit older, I'd, I'd start hopping on the mega bus and, and just going off to visit places that looked interesting to me. So I um, I came up to Scotland a couple of times and I just I remember sitting on top of Arthur's seat and just thinking, if I ever had the chance, I'm moving here one day. That's it, you know. And and sure enough about well, it's coming up eight years now. It's just past eight years. And 2014, I just had the opportunity to come over, chose Scotland as my place, as my home, and everything's just kind of fallen into to place. Chris, I mean, it's been phenomenal. You know, wherever you feel like home, that's home, isn't it? Yeah. Um, met my wife, and and then, you know, sort of the icing on this cake is this new career um, that I've sort of stumbled into. And 
uh, life couldn't be better right now, Chris. It's been an amazing journey. So you, you got married. Did you get married uh, after you'd moved over here? Yeah, so I moved over in 2014 and then uh, met my now wife uh, in about 2015 and sort of started dating about a year later. Um, and then we got engaged just before the pandemic. Um, and then, of course, trying to organize a wedding during that was, well, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, oh, but um, yeah, we got married April of last year, just a little ceremony, you know, just uh, some close family and stuff. And it was perfect. And then when things are really, really back to normal, we'll, we'll have a big party and celebrate with it. Well done. Yeah, I, I guess you will. Uh, but you, a lot of your your work to date has, has been, as you said, uh, in health and, and social care. Uh, was that started in Canada? Were you in that line over there? And did that continue yeah. when you moved over? Yeah, well, it, funnily enough, because it started, I, I'd come back uh, and I'd moved back over to England in about, I think it was 2006. And I lived in London for about a year and a half. Um, and when I came over at that time, I was just doing sort of odd jobs, you know, uh, bartending, work in the automotive industry, that kind of stuff. And then when I was in London, um, a friend of mine was a teacher supply um, officer. So his job was to find people to, you know, substitute teachers, basically what we would call in Canada, substitute teachers. And he asked me one day if I wanted to work at the school for kids with diverse abilities. And I thought, I've never done anything like it. I'll give it a try. And I walked in first day and I walked into the classroom and I was so nervous. All these little lovely little kids and this little girl just came up, took my hand and took me over to the circle. The next thing you know, I'm in the middle of circle time singing with the kids. And I loved it, Chris. It was amazing. You know, really fond memories of some of the work I did with kids, mostly in schools, a little bit of community work as well. But it started to get, you know, the work was starting to go sort of towards the heavy side of things, you know, working with kids in, in really horrible situations. And that just started to weigh on me, Chris. And I knew that my time was was coming. Um, it was limited and I wanted to get out of that. So um, I, I started to make the move in 2016 and I did a master's degree in sustainable resource management. And then a couple more years after that, I was still in health and social care um, and then just decide, okay, right, I need to get out now of health and social care. And um, went to SRUC Elmwood and got my HNC in golf course management and then followed that uh, up with um, a seasonal job at, at the St. Andrew's Links. And here we are. And, and, and just taking you back to uh, you were doing this course on sustainable resource management. Um, yeah. after, you, after you finished that, did you have any preconceived ideas on where that might lead you? No, I, I I have a couple of friends back in Canada that are involved sort of in environmental sciences and environmental focused jobs. And I always kind of admired what they did. Um, and I just thought working with the outdoors, anything sort of been conservation or protecting the environment was just sort of appealing. So the master's degree fit with the education I already had. I could just go right into this master's degree. And it was kind of open ended, Chris, to be honest. You know, one of my good friends, again, back in Canada said, you know, have a goal in mind. And then plot your path to that and I just decided to plot my path and figure out where I was going at the end of it it's worked out for me luckily but um yeah it was just it was just the idea of working with the environment or something environment sort of based was was the the appeal and I understand that the catalyst for you uh, going to Elmwood and, and the SURC uh, was that you actually passed there one day and, and saw a, a, a job advertising greenkeeping was that right right Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you can't write this stuff up, but um, I was at this point where I knew it was time to make the, the the switch and start working in a new job. I love sports. I've always been a big fan of sports, golf being one of them. You know, the opportunity to work outdoors, that was really appealing to me because I've been in a mostly office-based type of job and something with my hands, something a bit more tactile than just, you know, typing. 
and I was driving uh, through Cooper and I was driving past the SRUC Elmwood campus. And I'm not kidding you, there was a big banner on the fence that said, have you ever thought about a career in greenkeeping? And I did at that moment and I just ran with it, got in touch with the faculty, you know, interviewed them like crazy. It's supposed to be the other way around, but, you know, went and did all my research and it just sounded perfect. So um, I just got stuck into that. And uh, as I said earlier on, everything's just kind of fallen into place. Did, did you have any preconceived ideas, Ben, about what a career in greenkeeping would mean? I mean, uh, many people just sort of it adds up to pushing a mower around. But of course, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, literally. I mean, if you've ever seen the movie Caddyshack, Chris, um, it's a bit of a throwback, but Carl Spackler from that movie was kind of my idea of what greenkeepers are sort of about, you know, just uh, some guys pushing tools around and whatnot. But as you said, it's so different than that. It's a lot more involved. You know, it's more than just cutting grass. It's it's turf management, isn't it, is what it is. Um, And I'm loving it every single day. I mean, uh, just today I was getting trained up on tractors and I'm, I'm calling the wife as soon as I'm off work. I, I drove a tractor today. I can't believe I've driven a tractor, you know, so I amazing. Well, you, you will obviously or probably went in there as a mature student compared with some of the other students, were you? And, and, and how did you fit in? Yeah, I, it, it was exactly that. I was definitely a, a mature student and um, going in. I, I don't think I was the oldest, um, no. but definitely towards the top end of things there. And I think the youngest in our program was 19 last year. But just I think with my experience with working with young folk, you know, I, I just find it really easy to get along with them and, and, you know, sort of make those relationships. And I find young people have a ton to teach us. You know, we can teach them a lot, but they can teach us a lot about stuff as well, you know. And um, it was a really good mix. We had a really great mix in the class. So, you know, these young folk bring in their sort of new ideas and then this older folk, you know, stuck in our ways or whatever. So it was a good it was a good dynamic in the group. Did you have any idea on how all of those had then ended up? I do recall uh, interviewing students on a greenkeeping course at a college some many years ago, um, and I wanted to know why they they chose it. And it and it kind of ranged from, um, well, I've always wanted to be in golf, but I'm not good enough to be a, a pro golfer, but it it gets me closer to the game. Uh, to well, my mum told me to do it. So was was there any sort of pattern that you found out? It was, yeah, it was a bit of a, a mixed bag, all, all those things you sort of just mentioned. And, and we did have a bit of interaction with sort of the, the NC Greenkeeping course as well. And it it really was, it was everything from, I was co- coming towards the end of school and I just had to pick a vocation. So I'm, I'm, I've chosen Greenkeeping and then a number of young lads that, you know, kind of have realized that going professional probably isn't going to happen for them. So this is a great way to get free golf um, and, and and stay close to the game, like you said. And I think for for us older guys, it was majority of, of the guys in the group. It was career change. I understand that uh, you're particularly gr- grateful for the help you were given by uh, Dr. Dr. Paul Miller there and uh, and the rest of the staff. Um, uh, how were they? What, what's your what was your opinion of their uh, of their help? They were and assistance and, and guidance that they were able to give you. Phenomenal. Yeah, and I can't say enough good things about um, the program, all the faculty, Dr. Miller, Ian Butcher, Carrie Chu, um, just phenomenal. You know, I've been to a, a few universities now in my lifetime, and my experience has been that they don't necessarily always back up what they say they're going to do for you. And that was the case at SRUC, was that they are going to do what they can for you. You know, it went in, look, if you want to get into greenkeeping, we're going to get you into greenkeeping. You know, you focus on the studies. We'll get you, you know, we'll make the connections for you and, and we'll sort you out in that regard. And they were, I mean, you know, you could you could phone them up 
any time of day, you know, all available on the weekends. I'm completely brand new to to turf management. And, you know, there was never a stupid question for them. You know, anything I had to ask, they were just phenomenal about, um, you know, and and willing to take, you know, extra time with me to sort of bring me up to speed on things. And, you know, I I sat in on a few of the classes in the NC course, um, you know, because that was a good idea. And yeah, I mean, any, any, anything that came up, you know, they were there to support me with. And I would, I would highly recommend the program golf course management at SRUC to anybody. Yeah. You're phenomenal. If you want to make a success of it, they will definitely do their part. Uh, and were there aspects of, of, uh, green keeping turf management? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about soil science, for instance, uh, which people wouldn't, wouldn't normally think of, which is very important in 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 terms of uh, how to look after grass and uh, and sustainable and, and and so on oh hugely hugely important and you know i think soil science you say those two words together it might, it might sound maybe possibly a bit dry for some folk but when you've got someone like dr miller who is not only an expert in that area of things but is also passionate about it you know it makes the learning that much more exciting for us and I found myself getting really excited and really enjoying the soil science class, you know, learning about porosity, you know, the different sizes of, you know, particles and how they affect, you know, the turf and water flow and growth and all these kind of things. I just, to be honest, it blew my mind. You know, I, I had no idea, you know, I, I've, I've not looked at my backyard the same way since I finished the course, <laughs> you know, so I'm thinking about all these things, but, you know, if, if you're going to do greenkeeping to have that, that foundational knowledge of, of, not just, you know, these are the practices we do, but this is why we're doing them. I mean, I, I can't see how you could go wrong in, in the field. Did you have many practical experiences um, at, um, at at Elmwood that, uh, that t- took you outside to other, other courses? Yeah, I think SRUC, um, at least the Elmwood campus anyways, where, where they run the program, they're really fortunate because they've got the, the, the golf course as well, don't they? So they've got yes. a golf course that's attached to them. You know, it's 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 what I would call a learning center, really. Um, you know, so you've got a head greenkeeper there that's not just a head greenkeeper. He's also, you know, he's also teaching. He's also lecturing. He's also teaching a, a bunch of students at the same time. He's got a lot on his plate. But again, you know, it, just like the rest of the faculty, Greg, the head greenkeeper, was just phenomenal. Always made time for you. Um, so you had this this place that you could go to, and and I think everybody except for me in the program was already working at a golf course. So they had somewhere that they could go and they could do projects and, and they could do their research on. Um, and I didn't have that, but I had that in the Elmwood course. You know, I had that sort of just built in for me. And and again, I mean, I was walking that course, you know, once a week for the first couple of months and stopping in to see Greg to ask him questions, you know. Yeah, I, I just really, really lucky, really lucky. Um, um, and- and, sorry, Chris, go on. Sorry, I, I gotta say, along the road, you 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 won the RNA Greenkeeping Scholarship. What, what what was that? Tell me about that. Yeah, so the RNA, you know, and and again, I'm learning a lot about them. You know, growing up in Canada, I know the USGA, obviously. You know, that's what I'm more familiar with. But learning a lot about the RNA and and the work that they do is phenomenal, particularly around sustainability. But the way that they're supporting greenkeeping as a profession, in my mind, is is, is outstanding. Um, so you've got the RNA scholarship that. Um, anybody that's uh, studying in a, a formal course towards greenkeeping can apply for this. Um, I think it's sort of a thousand word essay and put in an application. And if you get past that, it's, it's an interview with Wendy Cole um, at the RNA there, um, as well as Paul Miller's part of the interview staff as well. And, and then if you get past that, you, you get an RNA scholarship and, you know, you, you get this nice little financial reward, which is always appreciated. That's fantastic. 
but you also get access to this sort of built-in network of, of the rest of the RNA scholars. So a private uh, website that you can go and log into and not only just are you posting things that maybe you're doing the work, but literally there's questions on there, you know, that you can ask any other RNA scholar across the world. Hey guys, I'm having this issue on my green, you know, this is what's happening. This is what we've tried. None of it's working. Can anybody make any suggestions? And so you've just got this built-in network and people are responding, people are supporting. The greenkeeping community, Chris, has, has blown me away in how open and, and supportive and helpful they are towards each other coming out of uh, health and social care, mainly sort of in the charity sector, you know, money's tight. People aren't necessarily wanting to share good practice because that might mean that they won't get that next pot of money from the government or whatever. So people are a bit more tight lipped about practice and stuff and greenkeeping. I mean, you can literally just call, you know, a head greenkeeper somewhere that you've never spoken to. And, you know, I'd say 99 times out of hundred, they'll give you the time and talk to you about a problem you're having an assignment you might be working on for school any of these type of things. So it's phenomenal. So the RNA scholarship's got that built in. And then on top of the financial reward, this incredible network, um, you've got just ongoing opportunities. So this year, and um, the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth, you know, I, I, I could have I could have volunteered to work that, but I, I thought, nope, with the Open, I'm probably good this year <laughs> for big tournaments. And so I'll yeah. focus on the Open. But, you know, next year, there'll be something else that comes up, Chris, and I will certainly take advantage of that. Uh, and along the way, you you won the uh, the golf course management student of the year at, at Elmwood, which was sponsored by John Deere. Uh, so you got to sit on a nice John Deere tractor with Sandy yeah. Arnold of Double A. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, yeah. I mean, I, I really wasn't expecting it. You know, it was a really nice surprise. Uh, it's always kind of you know just lets you know what, what what you've done is you know the hard work's paid off kind of a thing. So it was a really lovely surprise. Um, and again, this is a really good opportunity in regards to networking, sort of getting my name out there, you know, padding up the CV. And then, of course, Sandy Armit there, the, the owner operator of AA, they're the John Deere uh, retailer for this area of the, of the world. <laughs> I was working at St. Andrews at that time when I'd won it. So I said, Sandy, when he called me to say, hey, can you come in and we'll, we'll do a little chat and we'll, we'll take some pictures. So would you like me to wear my St. Andrews uniform? And I saw him think and think, and I thought, and he thought, no, there's Toro Brandon on there. We're not having that in my interview. <laughs> so he said, no, you come in in your own clothes and that'll be fine. So yeah, no, it, it was great. And Sandy was lovely. Really, really yeah, nice. That, 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 that's great. So t- tell me, how did you, um, how did you progress from, from SRUC to St. Andrews? Uh, where, where did the opportunity to, 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 to work there come about? Yeah. So while I was at SRUC, I was I was really keen to get some practical hands-on experience. You know, the Elmwood golf course, they're so busy there. They've got so many NC students doing their thing that, you know, it wouldn't really be fair for me to try to force my way in there and get some practical experience that way. So I set myself up a volunteering opportunity at Ladybank Golf Club, just up the road again. And they had a relatively new head greenkeeper by the name of Grant Frogley there, who's really supportive of, of professional practice and, and career development. Uh, and without hesitation, you know, I think he just had to pass it with the, the the members committee, but without hesitation, he said, I'd be happy to have you come and volunteer, show you a few things about greenkeeping, you know, and then that'll help you on the way. Again, amazingly supportive community. So I did that for a few months. It was during those really big windstorms. And I'm not sure if you've been to Lady Bank, Chris, but it's full of trees. So my my greenkeeping experience was picking up branches and uh, for the first couple, but phenomenal. Well, more to greenkeeping than uh, cutting the grass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, they got me on a lot of the equipment and stuff. So as I was coming towards the end of the HNC program, it was time to start looking for work. And I, you know, 
Ian Butcher was the course tutor. Ian Butcher, one of the lecturers from SRUC, you know, sat down. He's where do you want to be? Where do you want to be working? Look at where I am in the world. It'd be ridiculous of me not to try to work at St. Andrews, especially during an open hosting year, especially during the 150th. So the focus became primarily on um, St. Andrews. Um, I didn't apply anywhere else. I put all my effort into applying to St. Andrews and interviewing for a seasonal job. And I really lucked out. You know, I think the things like the RNA scholarship and, and the John Deere award definitely helped. But it's a bit of a funny time, Chris, which you're probably aware of in the greenkeeping field with sort of hiring and stuff. You know, they're still sort of reeling from the pandemic and all that. And people rethinking about what they want to do as jobs. Not as easy to get international sort of seasonal greenkeepers in. So everything, again, just fell into place, you know. So I had, you know, my my CV and I had my little bit of experience and my awards. Um, and they were just desperate for, for some greenkeepers. And um, I went and interviewed and they liked what they heard. Um, and then I suddenly the next thing I know I'm, I'm working as a seasonal greenkeeper, not just at St. Andrews, but I'm on the old course, you know, I'm, okay. I'm working uh, where Tom oh. Morris did his thing, you know, <laughs> it blows your mind, absolutely blows your mind. And, and within a couple of months of starting, I'm, I'm, I'm doing work on, on the open, you know, so it's just been a whirlwind, absolute whirlwind. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Um, absolutely loving St. Andrews links. I really like them as an organization, the team I'm with on the old course are phenomenal. All the guys have been very supportive. Nobody gives you a hard time about being new or being in your forties and not know what you're doing as a greenkeeper. You know, everybody's been incredible. Um, and then just fortunately in the last couple of weeks, I found out that I've got a permanent position there as well. Oh, so, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. So yeah, really excited just to be working on the old course and, and, you know, we're, we're going to start getting ready, really getting ready. You know, the, the final stuff for the Dunhill yes. uh, cup next week, which is coming up. Um, and exciting times, you know, next year, next year we have the Walker cup and the year after that, we've got the women's British open. So yeah. the, the word, the word unique is, is banded around too often, but I think St. Andrews and the old course is unique. There's, there's no question about it. Um, and it has that certain aura, doesn't it? Uh, so, so what do you, do you have specific responsibilities on the course, uh, Ben? Yeah, so, uh, the, the, you know, everybody kind of does a bit of everything, um, which is really, really nice. So you don't sort of get stuck in doing one role um, on the course. As a seasonal, you're sort of just, you know, part of the crew and just sort of helping out. And, and you know, obviously they're not focusing on training you up as a permanent staff member. So since becoming a permanent staff member, you know, it, it, it's it's opened up even more as far as roles and tasks and activities that I'm doing. And as I said, you know, today I'm, I'm in the tractors this afternoon, you know, so I can start using some of the implements that go with the tractors. But before that, you know, they've been putting me on everything. I've been uh, mowing, you know, the greens, tees, surrounds, the fairways, you know, doing some turf work, you know, a bit of irrigation, and, you know, some fertilizer stuff. Not so much sort of, you know, planning the turf management, but, you know, hopefully I'll be able to get involved with that a little bit more as, as things go on um, and build up my skills and experience. But um no, if there's any opportunity that you're you're keen to get involved with, you know, just I can just ask, you know, Gordon McKee or, you know, the deputy or the course supervisor and 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 they'll get you involved. You know, I, I asked, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, you know, get me trained up on the tractors guys and then I can do that. And, and here we are two weeks later and they're, they're getting that sorted out. So, yeah, yeah I, it is really unique. And I, it, I just I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. You're, you're obviously not uh, thinking of um, future career opportunities, having just got at the moment, having just got this, but um, in the future, Presumably, you you would like to work your way up the turf management tree. It given the opportunity, does that mean more training, or how good is the on course training at St Andrews? 
Yeah. So, and again, the the, the St. Andrews Links Trust, very, very supportive. Um, any type of training you want to do, you know, they'll do their best to get you involved. So my plan originally, Chris, was I did the HNC last year and I thought I'd work as a seasonal this year and then go back and do the HND. But, you know, lucked out and here I am as permanent member of staff. So I've decided to put the HND on hold for, for now. And I, I just want to focus on greenkeeping for sort of the next three to five years. That That's the plan. And just really immerse myself in that, build up my skills and experience. And then after three to five years, I think, Chris, I'll, I'll sort of reevaluate where I'm at. And then do I want to start sort of moving up the ladder within the trust? Do I want to maybe go to a smaller golf course, which would again be a very different experience? Part of doing the HNC program there at SRUC was it, it really opened my eyes to the opportunities that are out there in the golf industry, you know doesn't just have to be greenkeeping it, it, it is much more than that so I could see myself possibly going back to do the HND and then maybe pursuing management opportunities within golf uh, within greenkeeping story possibly maybe going somewhere you know slightly differently and, and maybe using my sustainability master's degree and maybe working for the RNA around sort of their turf management programs and their performance testing and the, and the stuff they do around the the championship courses that's really appealing to me. And we'll just see what other opportunities might come up. I'm very open to anything, but right now I'm, I literally couldn't be happier just, just yeah. being a greenkeeper. And it's not just being a greenkeeper. I couldn't be happier. And I think what really sold it for me, Chris, was uh, a couple of weeks into the new job working in greenkeeping. I came home and my wife said to me, you're happier than I've seen you in a very long time. So clearly I've made the right choice. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, having St. Andrews on your CV can't be a, can't be a bad thing, can it? And lastly, and, and really, thank you ever so much for joining me today. It's been, been great to hear about this. I think I know the answer because I think your wife has revealed the answer, but um, how would you sell a, a, a career in greenkeeping or indeed turf care to, to those that um, didn't know anything about it? Yeah. I mean, do you want to be outdoors? Do you want to see as many sunrises as you can possibly see in your lifetime? You know, do you want to see nature at its finest? You know, I appreciate, you know, there's a lot of condition that goes on a golf course, but we've got deer, we've got rabbits, we've got bat. You know what I mean? It's just amazing. You know, do you want to work with your hands? You know, do you want to be out of a room with fake lighting? You know what I mean? Where it's stuffy and you can't breathe. Or you want to be outside getting fresh air and smell the ocean coming over, you know, the dunes at St. Andrews. I mean, What's not to like? I wish I'd done it years ago, Chris. I wish I'd yeah. done it years ago. Well, look, uh, thank you very much, Ben, for, for joining me today. It's, it's been fascinating. And congratulations on, on getting that post at St. Andrews. Uh, that thank must you. have been a real, real pleasure to you and your, your family anyway. So, so well done. And thank you very much indeed. Chris, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate this opportunity. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, there you are. If ever... There was a wholehearted, enthusiastic endorsement for a career in turf care and greenkeeping in particular. I guess that was it. You could hear the pride, the enjoyment and the sheer job satisfaction flowing from Ben's voice. Sure, it, it helps that he is working at one of the world's best-known sporting venues, but that only illustrates the many pinnacles available to those that choose the turf care profession. Would that the industry could bottle that passion to illustrate a career that mostly flies under the radar. So I'm Chris Biddle. Thank you for joining me. And make sure you tick subscribe to make sure you, you don't miss a single episode of Inside AgriTurf. <laughs>